0: Write that, write that down, Fumisaito.
1: Write that down, Fumisaito. Welcome back to Write That Down. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Nipper. I edit for FightGameMedia.com. I'm a staff writer at F4WOnline.com and WrestlingObserver.com. I'm back with Japan's leading pro wrestling author, historian, broadcast journalist, my co-host, Mr. Fumisaito. Alright, so for this episode, we're kicking off our latest Deep Dive Showcase series. We are going to focus on the history of Joshi Pro Wrestling, or Women's Pro Wrestling in Japan. Um, There are lots of blind spots throughout Women's Wrestling's history in Japan, so um, while it is more difficult to recount in general than Men's Wrestling, we did our best to fill in the blanks and provide the broad strokes Um, We generally cover from around 1948 into like late 60, 67 in the early 70s today, and we spent a lot of time talking about Mahafumi Ake, we talked about Beauty Pair, Makiweda, Jackie Sato, and we spoke a lot about Mildred Burke, uh, among others today, so lots more of that, enjoy it. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Flight Game Media Network. The podcast feed, the free feed on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you usually listen to your podcast. It does always help us out, helps us out a ton. All right, that's it. Let's get into Pro Wrestling History Part 1.
0: And you know, four episode of John Baba, and I think we are not going to avoid women's wrestling, you know, because just because it's so hard. Um, this history uh, more like a, a official history of women's professional wrestling traces back to like 1945 mm-hmm. I'm sorry that the Kiki's walking around top of my table oh,
1: yeah hello <laughs> Kiki she did a run in
0: yeah yeah he he excuse me he he excuse yeah he's a boy yeah big boy um that uh women the first thing in American audience American fans you know, who wants to learn history and study history of, of Joshi pro wrestling. Um, Japanese women's professional wrestling, pro wrestling was never part of men's show. That's the basic difference. Mm-hmm. See, you and I talk, you know, talk about uh, well, we have to touch upon Mildred Park. Mm. And uh, Fabulous Moolah and her school of wrestling and uh, wrestlers, you know, she produced know that. And uh, they've always been part of the men's show. Just one right. match in between some sand, sand, sandwiched between men's card. And uh, during the war, um, a lot of, you know, a part of the audience too, but the wrestlers were away in, uh, during the war uh, in Europe or somewhere. And uh, that's where Mildred Bark in, in, during 1940s headlined big wrestling card in America uh, as a big star and because there was a war, you know, but uh, yes, um, postal this is wrestling, but we still have to learn some, you know, things about real world and, and there was a war, right? Hmm. And uh, yeah, the World War II and there was, you know, 1941, there was a power harbor. In 1945, there was Hiroshima and Narasaki and the war was over. And there's a thing called GHQ, General Headquarter, um uh, US occupation of Japanese land. Uh, you know, GHQ general headquarter um uh, uh that uh led by General MacArthur. And what are we talking about? In nineteen fifty one, there was a uh tribute to troops, right? Uh that the uh, very beginning of Ricky Dozan era progressing in nineteen fifty-one that, that that I mean so uh uh 1949 and i'm sorry yeah that uh bobby bronze and and his crew and his you know his you know that the tour crew came to japan and ran the, the wrestling tour for the troops and a little bit for japanese audience okay mm-hmm. like a USO tour pretty much yeah because it's under u.s occupation still and uh, the troops were still in Japan. And, and Bobby Browns and his, his wrestling crew, that the whole tour thing came to Japan for the tribute for the troops in Japan. And they had Japanese audience in the building. And it's, it, the building was Memorial uh, Hall, which was old Sumo Palace, actually. And they changed the name during the uh, US occupation. It was 1951 that the, the war was over. 1945. Six years later, the U.S. occupation remained. That the general head headquarters uh, that was still in Japan, and uh, the Bobby Brown's and his crew and came in and had wrestling tour for the tribute for the troops. And Ricky Dozan joined and debuted, and therefore the birth of pro wrestling in Japan. Right? mm mm-hmm. They kind of imported it to Japan. Yeah. And then also this for the domestic superstar and the promoter to be in ricky dozen mm. yeah that's the yeah in in a more uh revised motivated that uh modified history of you know pro pro wrestling in japan uh, they want want to you know have story like ricky Dozan started all you know right Rick, yeah that's also Partially true because Ricky Dozan was a promoter, Ricky Dozan was a superstar and uh, Ricky Dozan pretty much did it all. But uh, he couldn't have had network television right from the get-go, right? And Mm -hmm. the Mitsubishi big sponsorship, big, you know, budget behind it. And all these times, it's like a post-war period. And uh, there's no such thing as a working visa for Americans to come in, right? Sure all these things had to be created and uh yeah ricky dozan was responsible uh to make television huge and also he made um yeah if there was no wrestling television wouldn't be as as a popular right away and if if there wasn't television ricky would not be as just as, as popular so they helped each other that's the birth of pro wrestling in japan that uh, the, another big piece of history that's been so overlooked, same 1940, 1951, the women's professional wrestling, the seeds was planted. Mildred Bark, okay, November of 1951 to be exact, the, 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 the tour group of Mildred Bark, Mildred Bark and, and uh, Mae Young, yes, the same Mae Young, great Mae Young, Mm-hmm. <laughs> who worked all the way till nineteen ninety-nine or, or two thousand Worked yeah. until the Attitude era. I think so. That same same Mae Young, yeah. Mildred Park as promoter and champion. And uh Mae Young, Rita Martinis, Ruth Bolt Kelly, uh Gloria Bartini, um uh, Right, the, the six women's wrestler, uh, Beverly Anderson, yeah. So six women's wrestler came over and toured Japan, just like the Sharp, Sharp Brothers did. But that part of history was pretty much forgotten. Not forgotten, we know about it, but it wasn't as publicized as. The one reason was that Ricky Dozen kind of resented women's wrestling uh, as a whole and he that that is why J ricky Dozan and jwa company never used women's wrestler okay hang on hang on okay okay mm-hmm. all right so yeah so in 90s the, the part of the history it's been so overlooked that the uh, women's wrestling in japan the that the big seed were planted The same year 1951 mildred bark and her crew came in and did the the tour for for the u.s troops and that's when mildred bark discovered quite a few women's wrestlers in japan and trained here Mm -hmm. yeah therefore the beginning of women's wrestling officially 1951 but Rewind the tape a little, a little bit. There's a, a domestic women's wrestling as early as 1948. Uh, the Volvillians in Japan. that uh, Ikari brothers and, and her, you know, he, the Ikari brothers, the Volvillians, and their two sisters started wrestling professional, you know, the, the running shows around the country, just like women's res- professional wrestling in America. And uh, the, the mentality was more of a barnstorming is that the wars right? Correct, you know, like uh, the barnstorming. It.
1: it was definitely that kind of. Uh, it was more of an attraction than as uh, a competitive match. It was still or a sport, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: a sport, but, but uh, kind of like a, a novelty sport. Not your yeah, not show, your typical showbiz. Yeah, showbiz sport. Yeah,
0: showbiz. Well, if you want to go back to the root of something like women's wrestling in japan you can go back to 1600 and 1700s the women's sumo wrestling seriously oh my god that existed what the uh 300 years period you know that uh, just like you know sumo wrestling and professional wrestling in 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 the west very similar you know a lot of times it's a star you know driven sport or entertainment and people have questioned that the legitimacy of it if it's real competitive sport or the being entertainment and the sumo always had that you know uh the nature in it because they wrestle in front of people in audience and people choose good guy and bad guys and they want good guy to win or it's more like a realm of cultural anthropology if you think about it you know and also Very limited resource of information because that the record cannot be found Mm. because they didn't cover as a sport, you know, and uh, so, but uh, to make a long story story short here that that there was such thing as women's small wrestling Mm -hmm. in about 300 year period, it was very similar uh, to women's wrestling and some people look at women's as women's women's sumo in Japan as the root of Joshi pro wrestling mm. that's what i'm talking
1: about. i see yeah
0: I see. yeah cuz you know cuz you are going in in front of audience and the uh, sumo ring above the ground a little bit much like wrestling ring and people around it they call it ring although it's round you know what i'm saying mm mm-hmm. mhm uh, oh, oh yeah, this is like a square. But the 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 thing is, you can watch both wrestling, pro wrestling, pro wrestling and small wrestling from a 360 degree angle from anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, it's very and above the ground, so people can watch. Mm-hmm. It's very that the, the 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 whole stylization of building up, you know, the creation of in, entertainment form is always. Always been very similar, you know, Western pro wrestling and Japanese uh, sumo wrestling. Really, as a cultural anthropology, it's very very similar. Anyhow, uh, so the, the the root was there in Europe. There is like you know, before George Hack and Schmidt, and all this, there have been wrestling or something similar to that. You know,
1: we've been doing that since I don't know Greek period, right? I mean, everywhere, every country has its own kind of wrestling history. And yeah, very big
0: men or big women, I mean, almost naked, go out there, go up there and then fight, huh?
1: They would go and fight for the the woman's, uh, for it to marry someone, to marry a woman of the village. They were doing or, or it to just
0: entertainment purposes. For entertainment. People, yeah, because these people are. Normally bigger than regular guy
1: people, right? In some countries like Nigeria or Mongolia, they would do wrestling in the off season of uh, crop, like off crop season. So sure, when it would, sure. when it was uh, a certain weather, it would be and because and this is also interesting. It especially around the world, wrestling and in Japan, wrestling and non wrestling events, traditional or ritual events are associated with sumo a lot of mm, yeah after rice farm got a hold harvest yeah sure sure there's that and there's also the the um there's a lot of different parts to a full sumo show and a full joshi pro wrestling show in that there's not just the fight in the ring there's a lot that happens before
0: asia or the part of the asia or the iran or the india pakistan all the way to like china that korea to japan all these that the uh wrestlers or i including small wrestlers right or, or the fighters it's, or the gladiators they were owned by that. Uh, this is like a stable of wrestlers were owned by land you know landlords you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah that's like uh it's this is, this is there were formation of Like a very beginning of professional wrestling, like uh, things in every culture.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, yeah. Well, I think it also it it speaks to what people wanted for entertainment. And in Japan, Joshi pro wrestling ended up. We we call it you know women's pro wrestling, but there's a little bit extra to it compared to any other types of pro wrestling. There's a lot of showbiz to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. So that's why I touched upon. Women's sumo wrestling culture goes back to 1600 and 1700s. And uh, now that the... <laughs> fast forward the tape a little bit. Only three years after the war, 1948, there was women's wrestling in Japan. Before Dozen. Interesting, huh? Mm. Yeah. And in 1955, I mean 1951, the same year Dozen debuted as a professional wrestler under Bobby Browns and... And in, in 1954, you already have TV and you have Sharp Brothers, Ricky Dozen, Masahiko Kimura, the big television extravaganza, and television made wrestling famous, and wrestling made television famous, like a, like a gorgeous show era. And those are all men's wrestling. Mm-hmm. And women's wrestling, same year, 1951, Mildred Bark came to Japan and planted the seed. American style professional wrestling and five wrestlers, Japanese women wrestlers, debuted. And by 1955, there were like, uh, it's like, just like, you know, history repeating itself in not just one company, but by 1955, there was um, all Japan women's wrestling, not the version of all Japan pro wrestling that we know of, like from 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, but the all Japan. Pro Wrestling Association and Tokyo Universal Joshi Pro Wrestling done All Japan Pro Wrestling Club <laughs> mm-hmm. and Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Not the Tokyo Joshi that you know, right? I mean today, but it's a different. I mean, it's 70 year old. I mean, I mean uh, 70 years ago there was another Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling and Hiroshima Joshi Pro Wrestling. It's like a seven women's wrestling company around the, uh, around Japan. I mean. Uh, Around the island by 1955, all American style professional wrestling. Very interesting, huh? See, this that the all Japan pro wrestling that you know, Bonakano, the Manami Tota, the ajakan the Kyoko Inoue, the, the, the glorified, this is like big, huge all Japan women's pro wrestling, AJWW, that wouldn't start until 1968. Hmm. There was a time in, in mid 50s to all through 60s, there were women's company running shows around country in Japan and popular. But these were uh, the, the, the groups that uh, were, weren't covered by sports pages or even wrestling magazine didn't even cover all that much. The, there was quite a few reasons for it that uh, during Ricky era, Ricky Dozen pretty much resented the uh, women's wrestling uh as a whole and uh <clears throat> basically um th- that's why that uh, ricky Dozan's jwa never had women's match uh, uh, at their shows
1: Zero. that's that's still the tradition until today i mean in general like in new
0: japan new japan or Old japan never have women's wrestlers in the, in their ring Mm-hmm. yeah it's almost race i mean like almost sexist thing or male chauvinistic thing that i'm not so proud of it but uh, but the tradition remains you know set the subjects aside you know yeah
1: yeah it's just i think most japanese fans compartmentalize there's women's wrestling here there's men's wrestling over here um sometimes they overlap but in general they're they're totally different whereas i think now especially now uh Women's wrestling, men's wrestling—it's very, very mixed here. You'll see no, yes. most no, programs no. have one or two or more uh, women's matches, tag team matches. It's more competitive, but it's—it's uh, it's not too. And there are stars, female stars. Oh, definitely. But I—I yeah, I think yeah. that one of the big differences, we'll get into it later, uh, and probably into other episodes too, is the style in the ring. Uh, it looks—it's just—it's like what the men do, not—not not mm. trying to reduce it to like it's—that's all it is, but. In general, the style is pretty similar to what men would do in the ring today. If you watch those old 1950s, 1960s matches with women with Mildred Because Burs, they were coached by a different wrestling. group of
0: people. Yeah, yep. now
1: that the, the
0: WWE Performance Center or the independent you know, wrestling companies or wrestling schools around country in, in the States, yeah, they, the men and women were trained together in the ring. Therefore, the styles are the same, one and the same. And working left-hand side, you know, work left, turn right. And it's just the form is the same, you know, the men's wrestling and women's wrestling. Whereas Japanese wrestling, joshi pro wrestling, we should call it. Japanese wrestling, joshi pro wrestling, women's wrestling had its own evolution and, and a different development in history that, that a lot of women's wrestlers uh, or wrestling companies in Japan who had, had this. Initially, Mildred Park. and in late 60s, fabulous Miller school of Wrestling. but a lot of the of this women's company in Japan had Mexican lucha influence. Therefore, mm-hmm. you know, you work right. You know mm-hmm. that, uh, in, you know, instead of having left hand in you know, left arm first, but the right, you know, when you do the, I'm I'm talking about the lockup and uh, you know, collar and the elbow tie up at the beginning of the match you have right arm forward and just like mexican style that happens in women's wrestling even to this date that uh oh, people like you know uh the, the meiko satomura she can work both because she, initially she learned the right arm first in you know, a mexican style then adapted to a left first that's mm. why she are able to do both hand, you know both style but in all Japan, you know old japan style all the way till 90s including people like ajakan it's mexican mm. we'll right hand style hmm we'll talk about
1: that thing. more um when we get when uh, mexico the more modern yeah. yeah well also just when and mexican companies and japanese companies w- when women's wrestling started to um work together and start business relationships
0: yeah, but the, we don't know how lucha libre became right hand work right style there's a quite a few different theories to it you know Mexican wrestler who learned style in 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 America brought that back and and made made mistakes to making everything right hand instead of left. That's another thing and uh it just quite a few different theories as to why lucha libre work on right and we don't we still don't have the answer to this day you know but uh, uh that the fact is though when japanese women's pro wrestling had so much lucha influence early on that the right hand side work style is still there i mean still here in japan that's what i'm trying to get to Mm -hmm. yeah the the people like jaguar yokota or even bonakano they you know when you lock up you have your right arm forward a lot of times in japan but Mm -hmm. now it's you know universal uh, that uh, style uh, that the uh, stardom wrestlers always left you know that uh, you, you know like worldwide style and uh, there's a in style if you look at it in, in details
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah well, it, it evolved but in a different way i mean you, you can watch men's wrestling you can see a lot of it's not too um doesn't deviate from what it originally was, it does, but doesn't do that too much. It, and it's, right, right. It's Women's wrestling. There were a lot of different influences. The, a lot of the wrestlers would define what the style was like at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the, I, I don't want to bore all the listeners out about the big details of this, you know, Japanese <laughs> Joshi Pro Wrestling in 1950s. Well, but the the plant. I mean, the seed were planted way back in 1951 by Mildred Bark and that portion of History has been all so overlooked, so that the uh, women's wrestling in Japan is just as old or even older than Ricky Dozan's pro wrestling.
1: For the, you know, it's interesting, and she's the one and, who brought over yeah. the WWA WWWA title that is a little bit later
0: on, like uh, you have to fast forward another 15 years because it will be it won't be until like 67, you
1: know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, so it's and, a little bit later.
0: Yeah, the, the post-war only six years after the war was over, and it's still GHQ General Headquarters, you know, occupation in Japan. That the uh, that the tribute to troops wrestling show from America uh, was was produced in Japan, and there were, you know, Bobby Brown's men's wrestling uh, tour that discovered Ricky Dozen, and also 1951 same year the Mildred Bark uh, had a tour women's wrestling all around the country very popular and uh, just as popular I think and uh, like a new entertainment from America and it was going to be popular but JWA and Ricky Dozen didn't really take up on women's wrestling. As, as a part of the JWA thing. And therefore women's wrestling has a completely different history and completely different development, completely different evolution. Women's wrestling grew as women's wrestling in Japan. That's what I'm trying to get to.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, but the, by having that completely separate history that the, we always had many wrestlers, women's wrestlers, not just two wrestlers among men's card, you know, there always been women's company. You know, women's wrestling company around right. the
1: country. It had its own. at yeah. it its own group. It wasn't just one or two matches on the men's show. It was uh, right. Right. It, it was never like that. Yeah. It had room to develop had room yeah, to
0: yeah uh, you know. and also had an amateur wrestling influence too that the m- most of the wrestlers were trained both professional wrestling and amateur wrestling freestyle wrestling I um, mean at the same at the dojo the practice session
1: was the same it was much more uh, serious than the american style at the time but it was going to be uh, professional wrestling and it was going to be
0: entertainment nonetheless mm-hmm. yeah. in a different way yeah that's right in different way in as as early as 1955 women's wrestling in japan had television yeah their own television in japan yeah yeah which channel was that on uh it was not a regular weekly program like a one hour show every week but when they had their um title matches you know that the women's wrestling in japan had a little bit different setup, like uh, they had got the flyweights or bantamweights, uh, the featherweight and lightweights, and uh, you know, then the heaviest one was a middleweight. You know what I'm saying? Much like boxing, huh? That's what the wrestling becomes, in Japanese wrestling, becomes a little bit deceiving because they treated this similar to boxing, therefore people watched it as a sport.
1: Right, I think that seemed to be the um, just kind of how things were around the '40s and '50s. Boxing and wrestling were probably as linked as they ever yeah, would be. My, yeah, like a Joe Louis sailor
0: era. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you know the the Ring Magazine. There was also the Ring Wrestling. Oh version.
0: yeah, o- over here too. The boxing magazine and wrestling
1: magazine were were the one and the same at the beginning. The the idea it came it came from that sort of. Um, the the sports aren't the same but the businesses are similar and ring looked similar <laughs> sure sure yeah and had a ring announcer and referee they dressed the same you know similar approaches uh, you know and a, a lot of boxing fans or wrestling fans and vice versa until i mean things developed in different ways over right. here and over in japan too
0: Right, and there was um, also that the uh, company against company thing even ha- happening even in, in the late 60s, even within women's wrestling, there were like a comp- five, six different companies. It was um, unified into Nippon Joshi Pro uh, Association once. In six nineteen sixty seven, all the company joined to become like big one big company. Nippon Joshi Pro Wrestling, Japan Pro Joshi Pro Wrestling Association, right? And nineteen sixty eight, they they invited Fabulous Muller to be uh, to, you know to, you know basically world champion to be brought in and leave the belt there. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like Luthes. Sure. See? I don't know how many times Ruthless won the, not just NWA World Heavyweight Title, but the, almost every part of the, part of the state, you know, com, you know country that the, where the wrestling was. When Luthez was brought in, he was already World Heavyweight Champion, and probably lose to your local superstar. Therefore, you can create your local World Heavyweight Championship belt, not uh, that 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 in, in that town.
1: Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, because so. the the champion uh, isn't from the area. He goes on his way. The local wrestler stays. They got their own belt. The territory has its own belt now. It's an Therefore, organic transition. Many,
0: many world heavyweight champion in wrestling. That's sure. like a, just like men's. Yeah, it happened in women's wrestling in Japan in 1968, too. The fabulous Moolah came and left, right? and there was japanese stars at the time you you know like a uh, yukiko tomoe the you know all this is like uh, the people way before Maha Fumiyake or Beauty Pair. i mean who, i mean decades before crash girls and bonacano you know what i'm saying but uh, in 1968 this nippon joshi progress association had a big split Japan Joshi Pro Wrestling and All Japan Pro Wrestling. That became uh that the uh, old Japan women's pro wrestling that we all know of. That's the beginning of it, 1968. Matsunaga Brothers. Yeah. So who were the Matsunaga brothers? Uh Matsunaga brothers are four brothers. Actually, uh they, they were five brothers, but the one brother, you know, never got involved. So all four of them, the real brothers. They were like a post war into the 50s to early 60s. They were uh conjunction with women's wrestling, they were they were boxers and and judoka. And they actually worked what looks like MM today's MMA, but work, you know, judo against boxing, um, wrestler against boxer, or judoka against wrestler, or something like that. They were doing it among brothers. Mm. They're working. Yeah. And also running company, and also they are building rings. They are also running concessions. They are sitting at the tab- tables and rings and all these things, and they and they pack up and go to another town, barnstorming. That the root of women's wrestler, the Matsunaga brothers were uh, promoters, and I guess a lot of wrestlers and, and and their relatives and cousins are all married to each other or something. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm. That uh, it's kind of like your. Uh, uh, what's the famous family in Tennessee, you know, that uh, the Welch? And, and, uh, no, well, before Jared, at the Welches and the followers. But yeah. Herb, Herb Welch and, 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 and yeah, yeah. And all the you know Welch's and the followers, like a buddy follower, sons and their cousins and all the referee and, and, and the daughters all married to wrestlers and all these. You cannot count them all, but... The, there was such family as a Welch family in, in Tennessee. They ran wrestling through 1920s to 30s and 40s. Much like that in Japan, Matsunaga brothers rule the women part of professional wrestling industry for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to make a long story short. And uh, therefore in 1968, that uh, all Japan women's pro wrestling finally were was born. And Japan women's progressing had uh, had channel 12 uh not regular show but whenever the champion comes and have a title title match like you know uh they air that as a tv special and all japan's women's pro wrestling had channel 8 fuji television Mm -hmm. so two channels network channels that didn't carry men's wrestling at the time wanted to have women's wrestling on uh, on the channels that helped now it's good that we skipped, you know, all the way from nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties and now it's late nineteen sixties into the yeah. early seventies.
1: It's pretty amazing, yeah. Well yeah, it's <laughs> that's how um I mean, that's just how it developed. I mean, like you said, Ricky Dozan, who's the boss for a good chunk of that time, wasn't interested in having women's wrestling. Oh, and then, on the shows even or... during
0: the Ricky era, there's like a five, six other wrestling companies in Japan that the Rikidozan had to conquer hmm. and be made into one. Yeah. You know, there was one in Osaka, there was one in Kim- Kumamoro, that, the, the one that uh, Masahiko Kimura was running. And there were quite a few men's wrestling companies besides JWA. Ricky Dawson conquered, you know, one by one and made it into big, huge JWA. And something similar that, you know, in the women's wrestling industry happened. But it, that the women's wrestling were never covered. As a news, as uh, uh, like in, in the Tokyo sports you know, news, you know, like a, your tabloid newsstand newspapers, they didn't really put result of women's matches for the longest time. Mm-hmm. So it's the, the details of these you know records and in, 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 uh, in the title title match or the who are the champions is all kind of sketchy, uh, you know, to this day. It was Rashi Ogawa, you know, in nineteen seven you know, late nineteen seventy, 1970, actually nineteen seventy-eight to be exact, when rashi twenty-one year old Rashi Ogawa started working for all Japan pro you know women's progressing. He went all the way back and tried to have as accurate as possible record of who was the champion and what day in town, you know, that the title match happened and then in the championship changed hand all these things. And Ross, 21 year old Rasi Ogawa, did
1: all the research. Did you know that? I didn't know he was that deeply uh, connected <laughs> to the lineage of women's wrestling. He is one of the last. Uh, he started. Oh, God, right
0: now. Now that uh, the 65 year old Rossi is the king of Joshi Pro Wrestling in Japan, after all. But 21 uh, year old, you know, uh, Rossi, young Rasi Ogawa, started working for All Japan Women's Wrestling. As early as 1978 He was only 21 Interesting huh hmm. Yeah But uh, he, 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 We'll get to Rossi in, in a little bit But the Women's wrestling You know Start having actual Written history Around that time mm-hmm. So The first 20 years Of women's wrestling In Japan Still and You know Kind of sketchy Because there Was no written history And I'm hoping That the war discover some of the big old poster uh, you know that you'll probably find in your grandma's you know back the closet or somewhere you know what i'm saying you know
1: okay so tell me this when joshy pro wrestling was like you said in the let's we're we're, we're talking early 70s right now and we're talking about the newspapers and magazines did was it like uh, how things were at the shows where the women's promotions and the men's promotions were separate did they launch their own joshi pro wrestling publications or were they included in like gong baseball magazine in sections of that how how was the coverage what was the coverage uh
0: all japan women's pro wrestling always had their own like a pamphlet and program at their show selling okay Okay, so, they know, so their there own, was like a, yeah. A, a almanac and posters and and the photos, and uh, but that's not really like a largely circulated publication, right? Right, it's for fans. You have to, yeah, you had to buy that, you know, piece of magazine at the show, and if it was 1968, I don't know if you even exist anymore, or like I said, in somebody's garage somewhere, you might be able to discover, you know, uh, if they didn't throw it away, but. Uh, you need a big huge superstar okay there was like a group of stars like you know like you know uh, that was on television early like a jumbo miyamoto and you know like early fuji television program but it wasn't until mak fumiyake we call it maha maha fumiyake okay she was born in 1959 and she uh, six feet tall, very pretty, uh, the former karate, Kyokushin karate fighter who went into uh, the TV show called Star Tanjo. It's like a star search television. Much like your today's the America's Got Talent kind of show. Yeah, it wasn't until Maha Fumiyaki, Mach, like speed, that the, the, the faster than light, right? Like Mach
1: 10. Uh, yeah, Mach 60.
0: Yeah. Right, right, right. Maha Fumiyake, became superstar of Joshi Pro Wrestling in 1974. She was only 15. The uh, year before that, that uh, ma- young 13, 14-year-old uh, Maha Fumiyake went into a TV show called Star Tanjo. Star Tanjo is uh, like your star short show, much like today's your America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Are you with me on that?
1: Yep, America's yeah, Got Talent. auditioning show. American Idol, yeah. something like that, like a talent. Right, for right, the next right, big thing. right.
0: Talent star star search show. Talent show. She yeah. was a finalist. Yeah, she was a final. Fumiyake was a finalist of that show and almost got popular during that show too. But the, she did not win that uh, that the auditions star stars born show. Instead, uh, after that, right after that, she came to uh, with her family. She came to All Japan Women and and decided to become professional wrestler instead. That was a huge hit. She was going to be a pop singer and uh, real pretty and tall, like 180 centimeters, like a six feet tall former Kyokushin karate fighter and age of 15. She made sensational debut in 1974. She was the biggest star for that time period. Mahfumiyake, And she
1: was the one who started singing in the ring because she was going to be a singer. So she was multi-talented. Had a really unique look. Six feet tall for uh, at fifteen. Japanese woman. Yeah, in nineteen seventy four. That's not you wouldn't see that every day. You don't see that every day now. It's just like uh, very. It seems like a unique, unique body, unique personality, and also Channel Eight, Fuji Television,
0: decided to have her on different, you know, different shows too that promoted women's wrestling into really into like a popular uh that the trend pop culture right there that the, let's go watch Mahafumiyake, right she was kind of like a spokesperson almost a little yes yeah but the, at, the, at the age of 15 and 16 yeah yeah uh she was more of like a idol i mm-hmm. that didn't really have a word then you know, she was on television. She was on movies. She was on TV commercial. She appeared on game show, that the singing shows, and, and later on she even sing. And then they, the channel, it was all Japan woman's idea too. But the channel eight, Fuji Television wanted to have her, you know, singing in that ring too. That started that tradition all the way to you know Crash Girls to Aja Kong to everybody singing in the ring even Medusa yeah th- that tradition remained ne- next twenty years you know even but, uh, uh,
1: Maki Ito singing on AEW
0: I guess yeah right that's, right that's, so Japanese women's you know. wrestler sings in the ring right and dance yeah so that, that part still remains as a cult, you know, unique Japanese culture but uh, actually Mahafumiaki was a pioneer of that. Mm. That, uh, Ma uh, that Mahafumiyake era has been somewhat overlooked because of the huge, super big, huge popularity of Beauty Pair mm-hmm.
1: that came right after. How how close um, together were the, the those? Uh, they Fumiyake... were actually
0: Beauty Beauty Pair, Maki Ueda, Jackie Sato Pair, and Mahafumiyake. They are all born in 1959, same age actually. Mm-hmm. And what happened was though that. Uh, Maha Fumiyaki's super sensational boom only lasted not even three years. Much like Sayama Tiger Mask, Ah, you know, phenomena. That uh, she was huge superstar, 74, 75 into 76. And the spring of 1976, she, before telling the company about it, she announced her retirement. she, She felt that she'd done it all at the age of 17, that she walked away from women's wrestling that is why she still remains as a almost like a, a elusive or a mysterious superstar that existed once upon a time she's still a tv person and she's an actor and she's also an entrepreneur and she does a lot of things now now that the is what 63 now but she's still a television person but uh, as a wrestling portion of it, much like Dwayne Johnson, it will be forgotten. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was Maha Fumiyaki was a huge superstar, and was also a WWE champion uh, in the ring, and uh, was a superstar for just three year period. Much like Satoru Sayama's Tiger Mask era, it only lasted, uh, sh- you know, little less than three years. Therefore, that I think that the legend remains even. Bigger, I guess, because you can only watch her, you know, wrestling in old old tapes, you know. But uh, she, all in all, Mahafumiyake basically quit and walked out on wrestling in the in the midst of her biggest peak popularity. And there were two new, you know, younger wrestling, same age, same height, just as athletic. May not be as pretty, but uh, there was a tag team of beauty pair beauty pair Jackie Sato and Maki Ueda and Fuji television people said we got these girls then created beauty pair this tag team also was really popular and actually a better worker in the ring than uh, Fumiyake was probably and also this pair was uh, became much popular among teenage girls and uh, therefore um, the uh, beauty pair tradition remains after this beauty pair. You have black pair, the you know that, uh, that uh, the uh, the 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 queen, the golden, uh, the queen angels, that the uh, golden pair, that uh, all the way to Crash Girls or Jungle Jack or whatever you know, or even today's Queen's Quest or something that. The, or that beauty Women's beta. beauty pair yeah, always had this little unit like a faction that the beauty pair uh, was. Uh, was it had its own like uh like it existed on their own you know Hmm. and uh the team was formed in february of 1976 and uh their popularity lasted another three years all the way till 1979 yeah and uh you we should put the that the youtube video clip short video clip of that the one you discovered that the beauty pair movie movie trailer oh god they they were uh, they had their own movies they had their own concerts they had their you know when 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 the wrestlers are so popular you had to come up with gimmick like a march t-shirt that uh the the other things record singing i mean not the cd or downloading music but it was a record you're talking about the vinyl the single vinyl you know, you know, like a donut record. You're talking mm-hmm. about that was so popular that people bought records, and there were movies. They had their musical, and uh yeah, they did all these a decade before Crash Girls. Mm-hmm. We'll get to Crash Girls, Lioness Asuka and Chigusa Nagayo era. That was equally huge. But if there was no uh, if there was no Mahfumiyake, there was no no beauty pair. If there was no beauty pair, there wouldn't be uh, a Crash Girls. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's a star-driven um, business, right? And that the Japanese joshi women's wrestling uh, o- always had its own league and the own group of fans, the own wrestling community. It was never part of a men's wrestling. See, during this you know, Maha Fumiyaki and, 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 beauty era, of course, giant Baba's wrestling existed. Antonio Inoki's, you know, new Japan existed and it was, it was different. I mean, it was just super popular, but it was almost as if it was different culture.
1: Well, does that make sense? Look, well, definitely. I mean, if you look at the, you can go on YouTube now and watch some of the old footage and you can see, look into the crowd at, it's not your usual all Japan pro wrestling crowd. It's a, it's a Old lot of teenage, teenage girls. girls. It's like girls probably age twelve to uh, sixteen. Uh, yeah, with confetti
0: and headbands and the pom pom and all these things, and the uh, streaming, you know, like uh, that the ribbon streaming is being thrown into the ring. That tradition started in women's wrestling and moved on to men's wrestling. You know, they start throwing so the you know, streamers the, 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 Yeah, multicolor streamer
1: those are from the uh yeah the beauty pair era yes teenage female fans yeah like a pop idols exactly it's it's like a uh like a pop group like the same reaction that um spice girls would have monkeys we yeah talked about earlier like bay city rollers or something like that like one of those acts one of those just happened to be rose yeah they they happen to be wrestlers, but they also sing and they act in their own movies and they're in commercials and mm-hmm. they're on variety shows at night. They I think yeah. that it's it's a a big, big part of understanding the popularity behind a lot of these, uh,
0: yeah, and then also wrestlers. Japanese television at night
1: is like a game show heaven, right? yeah, yeah, and I mean, that's <laughs> what I so proud of it, but that's when adults are watching uh, television in Japan, and uh, those those so shows like Downtown, those are still the most popular shows. Those are what most people like to. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you know, also we got to understand in you know mid to seven, you know late seventies into eighties, there was no such thing as internet. Therefore, no social media. Of course, not even not even the internet, and not even the VHS, you know
1: VCR you have to watch actual television when it's going yeah when it's on you, you got to watch it unless you have a vcr and you can take yeah, it but that didn't when come did you have your
0: later. first vcr um <laughs> your parents house
1: yeah yeah i'm trying to remember
0: i don't have i didn't a, buy my yeah
1: my first vcr until memory. like 84 85 probably 80 88 probably when my, my yeah. younger brother was born but i oh, I, only, okay. I don't i don't remember but i think um i remember when no, i got yeah. my first uh tape rewinder did you have one of those <laughs>
0: tape recorders
1: no no the cassette they, tapes they're like oh the open reel no 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 oh not like the open reel it's like uh you basically take the vhs tape and you put it into this little um it just looks like a slot and you, you put it into the slot. It's a little machine. You, you press down on it. You press the button, and it rewinds the tape for you after you watch the movie. Because at the ah. rental shop, they always you reminded have to you. to rewind oh, it I'm, all the way to the beginning. Oh, please be okay. kind, rewind. <laughs>
0: okay. So I right.
1: had, uh, See, I, in the 90s, I had era.
0: <laughs> The beauty pair era, we didn't even have, or, or not just we, but the, the, the world, this world didn't have VCR you know right but just uh, now that the on youtube somebody had these original tapes or the, the dubbing over original now this the, the old footage of beauty pair or even Maha Fumiyake start popping up on youtube which is good which is good you know but uh, now we can learn, really learn cuz all japan women's popularity in 90s enormous right but there was such era in mid 70s there was Maha Fumiyake era, and right after that, the beauty pair, Jackie Sato and Maki But that, the beauty pair era thing only lasted another three years, 76, 77, 78, and in the beginning of 1979, at the Budokan, women, all Japan women ran Budokan shows then still, I mean, like already. And Makiweda against Jackie Sato had a single match against each other. The loser has to retire. Mm. Then, therefore, the beauty pair was no longer. And Jackie Sato won the, won the match and won the title. And Makiweda really retired for real. And she never came back. Never came back. Now she runs her own bar. Well, 63 year old Makiweda still exists, you know, and then people kind of visit, and then she still looks like Maki Witta, Wow. aged a little bit, but uh, yeah. And for the record, yeah, Jackie Sato passed away when she was what, 41? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, she had the uh,
1: stomach cancer.
0: Yeah, and then and I was living alone, so I wasn't really, you know, found for a while, you know. Mm. But uh, this beauty pair era was so huge. And therefore, you had this, you know, the whole three year boom period phenomena. And what happened was that when Beauty Pair basically was broken up and, you know, they retired the character, right? What happened was those teenage female fans retired too.
1: I see. Yeah, yeah. It was purely a connection with that generation yeah because what the the bay city
0: rollers only lasted in you know, a few year boom period or your monkeys when tv was on they were popular but when when the tv show was gone people found another tv show right
1: i i never knew the bay city rollers were that popular i only know the one song i i think i don't bye know bye what, baby no i only know saturday night Saturday night. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, that, oh, the they were so huge. Yeah. Okay.
1: The, yeah. You know the the, to the little side discussion, but there it's funny that there are some bands that are really huge in Europe and they're really huge in Japan and South America. It was but never in big States, in America that much. Yeah. 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 There's it could be one of those situations. Because it's the same situations. time period that the band Kiss hit in
0: in America. Ah. Uh. You know, guys lo- like kiss over Bay City rollers. Bay City rollers was for kids. I mean, for girls, seventh seventh grade girls.
1: It was like, um, what was the guy from the Partridge Family? Um, what's Leaf uh, Cassidy? Leaf Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So same thing, but the beauty
0: period remained. But the what, the the old Japan women's wrestling television was still on and you had a uh, queen angels that uh lucy kayama and tommy aoyama then golden pair nancy kumi and victoria fujimi that the black pair yumi ikeshita and and uh, Mami kumano that the you know that the uh, semi-stars there and the tv show was there and then in, you know in 1980 you have 16 year old you know jaguar yokota and devil masami you know you know arrival right and uh there were uh, and also mimi mimi hagiwara that another former pop singer turned wrestler she was popular too for a short period of time Hmm. and uh, you had to wait till 1984 crash girls period Crash Girls is Chigusa Nagayo and Laone Sasuka. That the, now that the Chigusa Nagayo trains, also, she there was a 1990s Gaia Japan period where she trained dozens of women's wrestlers, and also that the Gaia Girls documentary film got popular in
1: America too, right? I think like more brutal in England. Training. Yeah, it was really training, really yeah, intense yeah. scenes with her and Satomura, young Satomura. 15 year old Satomura. Yeah. So oh. it's like there's always a link to the next generation of superstars. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? The, the yeah. link is still there with Rossi. That's yeah. Right. Ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because he was not a wrestler. So he never retired. And that's his life, you know. And Rossi was there when, well, actually, 25 year old Rossi was dr- driving Crash Girls van every day. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. I- i'd love so, to read the, his book the the book that he wrote on his phone one day
0: oh yeah he wrote the entire book on his iphone that's amazing just a couple years ago right yeah yeah, yeah. so uh now he's a king of stardom and uh he uh he finally reached his peak now you know hmm. yeah interesting but uh, yeah so uh we touched upon these things today but uh, now that the, the, the I, I think this episode the one was that that the uh, japanese women's wrestling as a whole has actually a lot longer history than, than the people know about
1: mm-hmm. there are That's some one. gaps we're trying to fill in the gaps i suppose especially oh god uh, i haven't even i know, mean uh, we did our so best. much to learn yeah there's, there's yeah i mean i i think there the broad strokes are there for sure. And one difficult thing about JoJo pro wrestling is that if you do look in more and more within, in, within the history of it, it's much yeah. harder to find good resources on history. Good, I mean, okay, because it was never there. covered
0: in print media, even right. in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, but then we do know that in 90, early 50s, uh, 1951 to be exact, that there was a Mildred Bark influence on it in in late 1960s 1967 and 1968 to be exact there was fabulous mula's Mueller, influence on it and there was a lucha Dibble influence on it as a style because a lot of mexican female wrestler came over here and stayed length of times and trained with japanese wrestler and all japan women's wrestlers traditionally were trained under lucha uh technique that therefore, there's a mix of right hand and you know working right working left you know working left turn right working right turn left they they did the both but the basically for a long time japanese joshi pro wrestling had this almost like a unique lucha influence on it that that need to be focused and there was star power uh that uh, like out of blue that, that they created or the Star Wars bone in Mahafumiake, huge, huge superstar that uh, who started singing in the ring and it was a big, huge pop phenomena, and uh, but it was short lived. But she walked away, and then, then, then. You have, right after Mahfumiyake, there was Beauty Pair era. Jackie Sato and Maki Ueda became even more popular. And therefore, it really finalized the style of Joshi Pro Wrestling in Japan. Yeah. That's as far as we can get today, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah. But we had That's the first stage.
0: Yeah. When when Beauty Pair retired, all these teenage fans left too, you know? But the mm-hmm. old Japan women s- were still running 250 to 300 show on the road every day, all through the year, on the bus. And in 1978, 21-year-old Rasi Ogawa joined the company.
1: And also, I think, I mean, wh- when we talk about the fans of the Crush cows also retiring along with them, that also yeah, opened and, and up- then there
0: was a there was a there was a short dark age until. You had to wait till the rise of Bonakano.
1: Yeah, and, and that kind of bull, <laughs> Dump Matsumoto, and uh, the beginning of that era of All Japan Women's Wrestling. Uh, actually, I... Bonakano had two peak era because she was, uh, you know,
0: like a uh, understudy of Dump Matsumoto era. But uh, in, in as of 1985 ish, Bonakano became solo big time superstar
1: on her own. I think what I wanted to get to is that when Crush Girls' fan base of teenage girls left, it opened up All Japan's um, path. Um, it kind of, it, 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 it sort of gave them a right turn, to start promoting and marketing to a more men-centric or or male audience in Japan.
0: Yeah, let me squeeze one more element to it. Right after Crash Girls, both Chigusa Nagayo and Lowness Asuka, uh, basically, they will may come back a little bit later on, but uh, had had their first retirement. In 1989, Medusa was brought in to live in Japan by Rossi Ogawa. Alundra blaze to some. Yeah, to some. And 26-year-old Medusa Micheli came from Minnesota and lived in Japan for three years and learned the language and did all the singing in the ring and all these promotions, the picture book and the image videos and all these things that was done to done pre- previously with, with Beauty Pair and Mahafu All the same method was applied to Medusa in 1989
1: interesting, interesting. A lot. there's a lot of interesting stuff we have to get to just in the 1980s alone 1980s okay were an interesting decade so next time i guess yeah, we can start yeah. with talking more about you know beauty pair and uh, N.W. beauty pair in a
0: short period of a little bit of dark age but the, the the barnstorming style of all japan pro wrestling running 300 shows a year it remained and there was a crash girls era there was jaguar yokota there was Devo masami then 1989 there was Medusa so we gotta get we're gonna start from around there
1: yeah and i think Next all time. of those uh names that you just mentioned are, are i i think you can see they're legends huh you, you but you can see and feel the influence of especially those four for example there's you can still feel their influence today in today's women's wrestling and today's men's wrestling too
0: oh i mean jaguar yokota Devo masami the mm-hmm. crash girls mm-hmm. lioness Sasuke, and Chibusa, Nagayo, and even medusa and Bonakan no aja yeah
1: they're very, very. I just still work in the ring today, though, mm-hmm. <laughs> to this day. Yeah. Each is so yeah. unique. Each is so different, too. Um, right, and... and
0: also we'll get to the point where how they reached out to men's audience because Bonacano era they drew men's audience, therefore true mm-hmm. wrestling fans, and mm-hmm. not as fragile as a peak period. You know that the wrestling fans didn't leave that uh, we can go probably all the way to 1994 Tokyo Dome show next, per- uh, next episode, huh? Oh, the long I hope one. so. <laughs> that might need yeah. its own episode. All right, but uh, I think uh, people enjoyed the very, this is like a very beginning of like a women's wrestling in Japan 101 lesson. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you know? and, and you know, because we covered a lot today, but like we were talking about earlier, there are so many um, blind spots in the, in this, yeah, yeah. Um, this part in between, of wrestling history. So, if anybody has yeah, questions here, or yes, or yeah, comments or anything like that, or, or, or We'd areas, love to answer
0: that. And yeah, and, uh, we'll, we'll we'll be putting together the pieces of puzzle ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, it's something that's actually it even in Japanese, it's it's kind of hard to uh, put the pieces together because there's not that many pieces. Because not too many people really watched like last few, 50 years of it
0: without any absence, <laughs> you know what I mm-hmm. mean? But it's interesting I, to I understand mean, to be honest, why. Yeah, to be honest with you, I didn't watch, you know, I was there, but I didn't really seriously, you know, watch uh, Beauty Pair all that much.
1: Well, there were other big uh, fan things fan. going on at the time. It's understandable. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And women's wrestling during this, you know, beauty pair era, it was on like a Sunday Sunday afternoon, you know. And uh, that was Sunday afternoon wasn't the
1: time I was watching television, <laughs> you know. But it and, was, uh, it did kind of develop this different audience, a, a, a unique audience for that product. Yeah, and
0: then All Japan Women's Wrestling were running just as many shows as any men's company mm-hmm. all through the year, yeah. All over, not in uh, All not over Tokyo. Japan. Oh no, all over. I think they ran more country shows than men's company.
1: Yeah. And uh, I heard some uh, horror stories of those tours and women ha- with the, uh, the IV <laughs> stuck in them and on the bus, uh, exhausted, dehydrated broken bones bruises all that good stuff
0: yeah and then all the japan women's wrestling traditionally was so self-sufficient that the girls built the ring they put the seat you know and they you know were standing in a concession they tore down the ring they packed and you know they were back in bus or trucks and they were here they went to another town next town you know and uh Therefore, like a 19th-century barnstorming, you know that the elements were all there.
1: Yeah, there's lots to cover, so let's get into lots it next cover. time. So yeah, if you have uh, questions sure or, hope so.
0: or or any uh, I'm comments, a, I'm or... hoping that the people got real interested in this, in you know, the whole history, unique history of women dressing in Japan, which is completely separate from men's dressing culture.
1: Mm. Yeah. But it's important to understand because when you understand that, you understand a lot more elements of uh, of wrestling in general, uh, and, and also became something very
0: style. unique because they didn't have men's wrestling influence. Mm-hmm. Exactly, no, they you were can never really see that. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, they now. were never part of men's company. You know, that's what's unique about Japanese women's wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it developed on its own instead of within yeah, the yeah. men's... Well, it developed differently over in the States, but um, yeah, we'll keep we'll keep talking about it. We'll get into it more next week. So if we have questions or if you have questions or anything like that, Fumi, how can people get a hold of you? On Twitter at Fumihiko Dayo,
0: F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O at Fumihiko Dayo on Twitter or just Fumisaito on Facebook. Message me first.
1: And I'm at Justin M. Nipper, K-N-I-P-P-E-R on Twitter. Uh, Reach out on Twitter, Patreon, email, all that good stuff. Other than that, we're going to get into the silver age of Joshi Pro Wrestling next week. So until (laughs) next time, Fumi, take it away. So long from Tokyo.